Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 47, Step Away from the Manatee, recorded February 21st, 2013, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And we're back to the periodic table after a rather long and unexpected time away uh, for episode number 47, the silver episode. And I had a link to random British chick telling us stuff about silver, but I'm not going to do that. You all know what silver is. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, It's a silvery metal, hence the name silver. It is the most conductive metal. The most conductive? The most conductive. Wow, it's almost like you've got a website there that you're reading from. Actually, I learned that because I missed that playing trivia at Mexico Lindo. <laughs> Jim Jim is upset that I don't have random British chick queued up. Silver is the 47th metal on the periodic table. It is expensive, and the British like to make things out of it, and then melt them down during war. Yeah. Uh. Thank you. So here, I'll post the link in the chat room, Jim. Well, what do you mean? That was it right there. That was the real one. And you can go listen to Random British Chick. Yes, Karate Kid. My wife is telling me Karate Kid is on. We watched it the other night. And it was, you know, Pat Morita is so good in that movie. So underrated. Yeah. I'm just, I was really disappointed in the remake. Oh, there's no reason to not be disappointed in the remake. I didn't. I didn't even watch it. Actually, I, I saw the the big final fight scene the other day on TV. That's all I've really seen of it. But my whole my main gripe is that it's not karate; it's kung fu that right. he's doing. Why didn't they just call it the Kung Fu Kid? Because then they wouldn't have had the marketing. But instead of being a remake, it could have been an homage. Yeah. And then again, a it would have been more accurately named and B it would have had a, they'd been able to use a really cool French word when they were describing it. Well, it was, it it could not be anything but an homage. They just slapped the name of an old one on it. So kid moves to China as opposed to being taught by a Japanese in America. Yeah. Everything about it was just wrong. It it was, it was karate kid two is more what it was like. Yeah. It was, you know, the karate kid three as terrible as it was, was better than the remake of the original karate kid. And every person on this year's American Idol is not as good as the worst person on The Voice. <laughs> it's my stance, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, welcome to Statler and Waldorf, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, it is the same Aaron. I am the same Aaron George Mom. No, I think he means you're I know, I know, I know, your random British chick. So who, do I get to be Waldorf? Uh, <laughs> do we know who's who? I don't. Okay. Then, then you're Waldorf, and I'm Statler. Right. You're a salad. You're a brother. Uh, so we were uh, <laughs> we were away for a month. It's officially a month tonight, and let let me tell you, we didn't plan on that. It just sort of happened. Um, yep. I got sick, not seriously sick, but I had a cold and I didn't have much of a voice, and so we I I called off that show, um, <laughs> and sent emails to Aaron and Seth, um, who will hopefully be here later and at 10 o'clock that night when we when we were supposed to be on i was in bed and i got a text from seth saying hey where are you having technical troubles oh you didn't get my email did you i checked my email i wasn't there i was asleep too 
And then the next week, um, Aaron couldn't make it. Yeah. And so we, and considering Seth, you know, sort of phones in from space and his connection isn't very good, we didn't think the two of us would be able to pull it off. And then the next week was Valentine's Day, and I like being married, so we didn't do a show that week. Um, so that now we here we are four weeks later. We're back for number forty-seven, and it's a short one. You know, I, there just aren't as many stupid people in the news here lately. I've I've actually had a lot of trouble finding good stories, um, and so this week we've only got eight stories, and I wouldn't even call all eight of them good, but that's okay. So we're gonna jump right into it. Um, taking a trip to the city, uh, not the city, the state of New York. It's okay because quality is better than quantity. Yeah, I don't think we have either tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that's what a guy told me one time. He said, "Aaron, you wouldn't like French food," and I said, "Why not?" And he said, "Because they they deal more with quality than quantity." And I was like, "Ow, that really hurt." You know, I think maybe there's just the stupid people. It's too, it's, it's too cold. It's too cold for them. Off. The stupid people are more active in the spring and summer. Um, <laughs> oh, so maybe their beer is freezing or something. So South Glen Falls, New York. Somebody from New York, tell me where that is. Um, got a tip off uh, about a young woman uh, by the name of Judy Viger, V-I-G-E-R, who decided to uh, hire some strippers for her son's birthday party. Now that's, you know, um unusual certainly, but you know, some might say best mom ever. There's only one problem. It was his 13th birthday party. Yeah. 16th mark, 16th. 16. Oh, that's right. There were kids as early as young as 13 there. It's yeah. his 16th birthday party. So, uh there were some <laughs> photos posted on Facebook, of course. Why wouldn't there be? Uh, and some neighbors saw the photos and took them to the police and, and took some of their own uh, photos as well. Um, because that's what you do when strippers are next door. You get out the camera. Um, the funny part is it happened at a bowling alley. At a bowling alley, yes. <laughs> so it's not this is high class all around, people. <laughs> now, there's no, uh, <laughs> no uh, indication of whether there were uh, uh, whiskey shots and... Uh, um, Honky tonk, just that they were strippers. So, uh, right. But those things so often go together. So, but what's interestingly, interestingly, what's interesting about the story is that uh, District Attorney, attorney uh, James Murphy told the Post Star that he'd interviewed number uh, numerous witnesses and parents, and said some of the children at the party were as young as thirteen. But WRGB radio station called tops in bottoms the uh, purveyor of said um, erotic performers. Uh, And uh, the man who answered the phone, quote, told the station the incident was blown out of proportion. I don't know how you, how you can really blow that out of proportion. There are pictures of a stripper sitting inside a 16, uh, sitting, sitting on a 16 year old's lap um, and hanging upside down. I'm, I'm not really sure how you can blow that out of proportion. Yeah, that's. This is one of those circumstances where, what maybe started out as a joke in kind of a lewd, crude family moment, just went 
way, way, way too far. Yeah, so she's uh, been arrested. Maybe he got straight A's. That's what she'd promised him. <laughs> she's been arrested for um, contributing to the delinquency and a few other such things. Uh, according to WRGBN, Tops and Bottoms said, quote, Dancers did not know anyone at the party was underage. <laughs> oh, that's great. The The Transformers cake in the corner didn't tip anybody off at all. Right. Oh, and uh, sticking with uh, the crime and stupid people theme. All right. That's a good theme. We, yeah. we like that theme when we have that one. It's a very popular theme. It, there's lots of, lots of uh, police-related stories tonight. Um, now we move over to Kansas, to Wichita, Kansas, where two brothers were celebrating a $75,000 winning lottery ticket. All right. Yeah, good, good on you guys. They decided to celebrate by smoking some meth and uh in the process of refilling their butane lighters to get more meth they burn the house down it's a great song which uh probably was worth less than seventy five thousand dollars um two brothers uh, 27 uh the 27 year old uh brother went to the hospital where he remains in serious but stable condition with second-degree burns on his hands, arms, and chest. The other brother went to jail. Um, go, well, on. go ahead. It just goes to show you that money don't make you smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, I mean, if you, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it could have been a chance for them to move up. You know, right. change their lives to put a fresh foot forward to to get some new clothes and maybe go to college and or to buy more drugs. Right. <laughs> the uh, Wichita Eagle newspaper, uh, wanting to leave uh, no details unreported, made note that the victim was wearing a lottery T-shirt during the explosion. Um, and then his girlfriend quote loaded him and some children into a car and took him to the via christi hospital i need some children over here (laughs) come on give me some children where she dropped him off at the emergency room and left there standing by your man right there well she had all those kids with her i guess so guys got second and third degree burns she loads him up but there's some room in the back of the car so let's throw some kids in there while we're at it and I wonder if she slowed down before she pushed him out of the emergency room, at least. It uh-huh. says that officers went to the house with a warrant where the other brother ran out admitting he had marijuana and meth and was arrested. So I guess there was enough of a house that he could run out of it. Left over. That's a good time. So it didn't completely burn down the house. Another story, smooth transition, where uh, Facebook is a cop's best friend. Now we go to our favorite state of Florida. Now seems like we haven't been to Florida in in a month, Mark. It it really. But we did have the Florida story. And I'm sorry to say, none of the four stories tonight match up. Um, A a man by the name of Ryan Waterman um, and his kids were out in the waters off the coast of florida where they uh, encountered a florida manatee 
Manatees are highly protected in the U.S. and in other countries as well. Uh, yep. To the point where it's they actually have act. Yeah. The Florida Manatee Sanctuary Act. Yes. This is serious, people. It's actually illegal to even approach a manatee. I'm not making that Don't up. Don't look at them, Mark. Yeah. Sorry. The picture. <laughs> look away. Avert your eyes. <laughs> it's a misdemeanor for looking at the picture. Um, <clears throat> so in Taylor, uh, uh, Taylor Creek in St. Lucie County, uh, so I guess it's sort of a freshwater, saltwater thing there, uh, they found a baby manatee, and they started petting it. And the guy put his kids on it to go for a ride. And he picked it up and carried it around. All while snapping pictures of it that he put on Facebook. Nice. Um, Genius again. Genius. (laughs) How many stories have we done about somebody posting something on Facebook? The kid who uh, uh, was slicing the tires at the police station. Uh, You know, the most recent one about, you know, hey, look at my strippers at my kid's birthday party. Um, now it's not a terrible, uh, fine. He's, uh, uh, he's could face $500, uh, in a 60 day jail sentence or up to 60 j- days in jail. Um, but what I think is interesting is there's still some doubt as to whether or not he'll pay the fine. There's a slideshow on the Huffington post of videos of him, um, in various, <laughs> positions with this manatee and yet there's still some doubt as to whether or not he'll be found guilty just keep your hands off the manatee moral of the story uh, a friend of mine actually uh, step yeah, away from the manatee step away from the manatee um a, a mutual friend of of ours aaron uh russ uh-huh. was on a trip to belize where he encountered a manatee and he began to swim toward the manatee because that's kind of cool. You want to check it out. Right. And the people he was with literally physically restrained him and, and said that the act of swimming toward that manatee was a criminal offense there in Belize. I don't know. Wow. Here's, here's my philosophy, people. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with taking unpopular positions. I've done it many times in my life. I'll do it again. If an animal is so ill-suited to life, that swimming toward it will make it endangered. Let it die, people. Just let it die. You know, and I've just got to circle back to a single line paragraph in the in the story. Unfortunately, this is not the first time a Floridian has mounted a sea cow. Yeah, they got. I just got to say that that sentence a lot loud. I, there's, I I have I have made my. Um, socio-political views known repeatedly on this show I, I come down on the conservative side of things and and the some of the liberal ridiculousness out there like protecting an animal that is clearly not meant to survive right so maybe maybe billions of years ago the manatee was ruler but the world has changed now and like the panda too let the panda go all right we're we're going through all this effort and we're trying to breed them and 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 but they don't want to live they 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 want to die i mean obviously they want to you can put now, them mark you're just being inflammatory now you can put them in the best zoo ever and they still <laughs> refuse to to whatever yeah i am being inflammatory um, why, don't you, why don't we start a black market um uh versus competition of endangered animals tonight the manatee versus the panda (laughs) 
in a no hold barred first round in water advantage manatee second second round bamboo forest advantage panda third round cage fight yeah. yeah now the third round has to be something where neither of them are good like the desert or the <laughs> the, the antarctica and the antarctica antarctica the arctic that would be good so uh as as i was saying i, I have a, a definite right wing um bias i admit my bias um and one of the things that i've often complained about is that in higher education there's a definite left wing bias trouble is they don't admit it well uh here's a story about a uh, college professor at West Liberty University. Doesn't say where West Liberty is. I don't know. I didn't look it up. Um, <laughs> where a college I'll professor. I'll that for you, Mark, while you're doing this. Yeah, story. you do that. College professor handed out um, guidelines for things that are acceptable and things that are not acceptable in her uh, politics, uh, uh, political science class there we go that's the word i was getting for rule number one do not use the onion this is not news it's west literally virginia. a parody would you say west virginia west virginia west virginia okay so that's a reasonable rule i'm okay with that unless you're a north korean dictator yeah and then, or was that was that yeah. was that iraq i can't remember where it was there have been several yeah uh korea was one kim jong-il yeah uh and number two comes with an explanation number two fox news the tagline i'm quoting here the tagline fox news makes me cringe please do not subject me to this biased news station i would almost rather you print off an article from the onion hmm. so as things tend to do this caused some disruption saying that you know she's saying some news sources are better than others and and uh the university comes out and says one of our values at west liberty is to encourage students to go out and inquire and gather information and look at as many different sources as possible on any side before you reach your opinion and they issued that statement in support of the professor how do those how does that statement and supporting the professor go together i don't get it i don't know maybe they're saying hey everybody was just all going to fox news <laughs> yeah that's it fox so we're not gonna let you go to fox news we're gonna make you go to other places less trustworthy like, like wikipedia so yeah fox news was just uh, apparently monopolizing their news sources uh since then quote uh the school has reverted the decision uh and once again horrible, allows horrible sentence there yeah it's a terrible sentence allows students the option of using fox news as a source uh, and then it says, but it looks like Wolf will continue to lecture in the class until her one-year contract expires. So they're not going to fire over it. And frankly, I don't think they should fire over it. But th they, this is a point where somebody should come down and, and say, you know what? Maybe giving professors full reign to do whatever they want in the classroom is not that great an idea. <clears throat> Aaron, what's your best uh, loony professor from college story? I'm sure you've got some. <laughs> I do actually. One of them was a uh, Dr. Miller. He was my junior college um, history teacher. He wore a three-piece blue pinstripe suit every day. He was a big man, probably six three, six four, very large, barrel-chested. Stood up at the lectern and talked like this for one hour straight. <laughs> That's exactly. Didn't write on the board. Didn't use overheads. 
He'd walk in and he would open up his roll book and he would read the roll. This is junior college. We, you know, we 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 were we were more required to be in class than my uh, my upper level college that I went to later. Um, but still, you know, you were in college. If you didn't come, you didn't come. But he he took roll every day and he said everybody's name the exact same way. And he would read the name and then look up and look to see if you're in your chair, regardless of whether you said here or not. And then mark you off. They'd be like, Alexander, here. Anderson, here. <laughs> he would go through the list. Right next to me, this is, I know there's way more story than you wanted, but that's what you get when you get me, uh, was a girl. And she missed a lot. And so I don't know how many times I heard, Farquhar, Farquhar, not here. But the best part was he didn't about every other class he'd end up he would say, Make sure you read chapters eight and nine because the chances of a pop quiz are looking gooder and gooder. <laughs> and that's what he would say. I had a uh, a he was a great guy. A po- political science class that Seth and I uh, both were enrolled in. And I use that phrase because we didn't attend it very often. Um and, and one day they were we were calling roll. And called my name. Arquar. Yeah, I called Anders, Anderson's name because he was he was first, right? And then it came to me, Cockrell. And he looked up, and and Seth and I were sitting side by side. He went, "Did you guys think it was a test day or something?" Because it was like we were only ever there on test right. days. Um, but you know, the college professors would sometimes would make a mistake. Like on the first day of class, they would say, "Here, here are my policies," and if attendance wasn't mandatory. I wasn't going to that class. There was one class where I went day one and I found two pieces of information that I really needed. One is all your entire grade from this class will consist of these three tests that are on these three dates. And two, attendance is not mandatory. I attended that class exactly four times that day and the three test days because I was told everything I needed to know to pass that class and i did exactly. in fact pass the class yeah I, I had a girl that was in mr miller's class who would tell me aaron we have a test on thursday <laughs> okay and i'll go take my test so for the pop quizzes you had to watch the pop quizzes because you know every time the chances for a pop quiz are looking gooder Good. and gooder i had a professor who uh was educated at uh, harvard and he made a point to let us know Every 10 or 12 minutes that he was educated at Harvard, every story had the word Harvard in it. He wore a three-piece suit. He's the Andy from the office of professors. He wore a three-piece suit and tie every day, and he assigned pop quizzes by what he called the Las Vegas method. Every day for the class, the the entire, what is it, 18 weeks of the class, three three times a day, uh, uh, math is hard, uh, 54 times he walked in to that class with a pop quiz ready to go. And then he flipped a coin. Heads, we take the quiz. Tails, we don't. And, and guys would be really excited. Harley <laughs> did. They would be, yeah, it was the the two-face method. They'd be jumping up and cheering and and diving at the the floor to to see what the quarter came up because they didn't want to take the quiz. And and every time, it happened several times, somebody would ask him, hey, are we going to review for this test? And he'd say, what do you think I've been doing every day? This is review. Every day we review. 
So his first qu- qu- test, I know this this is longer than you asked for, Aaron, but you started it. First test he gave us uh, as a study guide a uh, uh, a packet of 137, I remember the number exactly, essay questions. Said, be able to answer all of these. I will pick five. You must answer three. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So they really only had to be able to answer 135 of them. Right. Yeah. So you could slack off once you got to 135. Yeah, we had another, since we're telling crazy professor stories, Dr. Bertrand Davis was the resident music historian where I went to college. And I happened to have him for his first class of the day, which was at 10 o'clock. When I had him, he was probably about 78. Super sweet guy. Knew everything about music history, period. And I had a second story class. And we would sit and kind of lean on the window, you know, elbows propped up, and watch him circle the parking lot looking for a space. Because <laughs> he refused to park anywhere but in the 10 teacher's parking spots. So he would basically circle the, that area over and over and over till somebody left from that had just finished teaching the class that ended at 10. And then he would come in. And uh, he was out ill for like six weeks. And, uh, and this is literally how he would lecture. He would take the music history book. He'd lay it on the edge of the piano that was in the room, and he would look at it, and he would he would kind of roll his finger down the chapter, and he would say uh, Beethoven, and then he'd close the book and lecture, everything right off the top of his head. He would talk for the full hour. He'd come in the next week and say, "What were we talking about last week?" And somebody'd say Beethoven, Beethoven, right? I, and he would just take off again, and sometimes he repeated himself because he taught that class more than once, and he wasn't sure which class you know he necessarily set it in, but. For the most part, he, it was incredibly uh, entertaining and just the guy really knew everything about anything, you know, welcome to questions. But he was out for six weeks, <laughs> like I said, because he was ill. He came back in and he's like, what, what was the last thing I talked about in here? And, and so, you know, Bach, Bach, okay. He just takes off. Just picked up. Like, missed, we missed six weeks, but for him, it was just like, you know, went, uh, another, day in the, another day in the life of Bertrand Davis. Man knew his stuff. So I have he one did. more crazy college professor story for you this one from the uh, columbia university in new york how's that for a transition um professor emlyn hughes uh teaches a course in quantum physics Mm. and uh there's he posted a video or uh there is a video online and uh in in this was his introduction to quantum physics for his students he played a video um which shows him stripping down to his underwear and then putting on dark clothing. And then a screen behind him showed images of the Twin Towers and Osama bin Laden and Adolf Hitler and Saddam Hussein and Joseph Stalin. And at one point, two men in dark clothing came out onto the stage and one stabbed and blindfolded a toy with a sword. He didn't explain anything. He didn't provide any context. This just went on for about five minutes. Then the professor told the students, in order to learn quantum mechanics, you have to strip down to your raw, erase all the garbage from your brain, and start over again. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching part of the video. He looks like he's about 30. So I think he was just trying to be cool. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't know how you process that. How What that has to do with quantum physics but you know quantum mechanics is that weird so maybe he was 
I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to give him too much credit, but dude shows up in class and starts taking his clothes off. He did keep his back to the audience, and he also ate part of a banana during the event. <laughs> in the midst of changing his clothes, he like pulled off his shirt, and then he unbuttoned his pants and undid his belt, and then had his back to the camera, like I said. And then he ate a bite of a banana and tossed the banana down, and then pulled his pants off, and then grabbed the other clothes. So the, there's there's no punchline to the story. The whole story is punchline. I, there, I don't know whether the guy is a genius or an idiot or maybe both. You know, in the words of Forrest Gump, I think maybe it, it's both. Um, but he just, uh, I don't. I had to report it. I had. To, I felt compelled, but I have no. I don't really know what to say about it. I love it. Students can be heard screeching as the bizarre spectacle unfolds with one asking, wait, is this real life? <laughs> yeah. Another <laughs> one said, I thought I was dreaming. So apparently that student sleeps in class often. Yeah. Wow. He didn't explain it or provide a context. Right. Just, just did it. And then I'm, I, I don't know if that was the whole lecture. If he walked away after that, it's like, you know, the, the rock and roll thing where you just drop the mic and walk off the stage. I, I kind of get that impression. That's what Break he did. The wrist, walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and another thing I can't explain. Oh, Mark. Yes. We're supposed to do show titles. Yes. And I've been so engrossed in the show. I haven't written a single show title. Okay. Well, I hope uh, Jim Beeson's taking care of us. Anyway, sorry. He always does. So anyway, um, another thing that's weird and I can't explain is how a convicted or excuse me, a suspected murderer can walk up to a police station to turn himself in and be told, we're closed now. Saleh Hadri, a murder suspect who's been at large and been on the run for more than 15 months, decided it was time to come in. He says he's innocent. And he wants to stop running like a guilty man. He met up with a uh, a, a reporter and uh, approached. I say he met up with a gambler, but they were both too tired to sleep. Yeah, on a warm summer's eve on a train bound to nowhere. Um, so he met up with a reporter and um, showed up at a local Swedish police station after 14 months of being on the run. <laughs> and I, I had that scene. What is it? Princess Bride, maybe, or, or I can't remember what it is, where the window opens and the woman says, no more beggars, and closes the window. It may be Monty Python. Well, that's, that's, I think that's Life of Brian. Yeah, something like that. So anyway. Um, By the way, I, I'm shocked that you said it, it might be Princess Bride. Yeah. Did I you know. actually say that? I, I, I had a, like I had you, a lapse. It's been a like long would, day. Like, that, like there's any scene in the world that could or could not be in Princess Bride that you would not know for sure if it was or was not in Princess Bride. Yeah, that's I could probably point. give you a list of indefinite articles and you could tell me if they're used in <laughs> Princess Bride or not. <clears throat> Do they use the word nor? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> scene seven, paragraph six. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I just, I can't imagine. He, he's literally standing there. He says, I'm a suspected murderer man, murder and a wanted man. You guys really want to get a hold of me. And they said, well, go down to the police station down the street. So he did. And he turned wow. himself in there. Do you write a complaint? <laughs> how do you, how do you, they wouldn't arrest me. So the, the Skane Police Department, S-K-N-E, I don't know how you say that with a Swedish accent, uh, the communications director, Lars Forrester, uh, told the newspaper, quote, we should have handled it much better. 
<laughs> yes, I think maybe you should have. Oh. People these days. So moving right along with police doing weird things. You know, if sometimes if you can't get a man to do a uh, a, a policeman's job, maybe you could get a, a dog to do it. That's right. That was horrible. Yes, it was. Horrible transition. But if you've got a killer police dog, you really should name him Peach. <laughs> <laughs> the West uh, Midlands, I don't know where that is. It just says police officers in the West Midlands, uh, UK. Um it's in in Britain, right? Thank you. Um, there there had been uh, a uh, an incident in which Officer Peach, a dog, uh, was in, was involved, and reporters <laughs> had been um, constantly requesting. Uh, excuse me, not reporters, but uh, the Crown Prosecution Service. Don't know what that is. Um, had been demanding accounts from Officer Peach on the crime. And they, and they, the repeated reports, and they kept saying, he's a dog. And they kept saying, this report is not complete. Officer Peach has not filed um, anything. It's like the uh, district attorney, Mark. The Crown Prosecution Service is, is, that's who initiates proceedings against those charged with criminal offenses in England and Wales. England and Wales. Thank you very so the, much. So the, the the district attorney is wanting a statement from this dog. Yes, from Officer Peach. So they gave him one. They wrote in in. You just have to look at the picture in in what looks like my four year old's handwriting. The statement says, "I chase him, I bite him, bad man, he tasty, good boy, good boy, Peach." And they signed it with like a little stamp of a paw print. It says age, age of the officer, four, occupation, police dog. The signature is a little paw print with the the statement I said earlier. And the cops are in trouble for uh, falsifying a police report about it. And there will be an investigation. But the question is, when they're investigating it, Will Officer Peach be called to the stand? Well, he can't. Well, I guess they don't have the Fifth Amendment there, do they? <laughs> <laughs> you got to look. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to uh, uh, incriminate yourself there, bud. So there, there's a new command for police dogs, right, boy? Right, right, boy. <laughs> and one last story that is some good news and also about a dog. Uh, a fellow by the name of Dave Thomas, no, not that Dave Thomas, not the founder of Wendy's, um, got into some trouble over some, <coughs> excuse me, over some parking tickets that he didn't pay, and he spent some time in jail over it. While he was in jail, his dog, Buzz Lightyear, uh, was uh-huh. impounded, uh, and when um, Mr. Thomas arrived at the uh, the pound, the uh, shelter, the city animal shelter, San Bernardino sh- sh- city animal shelter. He was told uh, that it would cost $400 to get his pet back. He didn't have $400. Um, so he just 
spent time with his dog. The, the quote goes, he was pouring water into, a do- into his dog's water bowl, and his dog sat there and licked up the water for about a minute, and he sat down next to him and started weeping. Well, there just happened to be a photographer at the uh, animal shelter that day taking pictures of sad-faced animals, as they are wont to do from time to time. And she decided she was going to help. So she posted some of her pictures on Facebook and uh, called for donations. And hundreds, even thousands of people um, pledged money. And not just pledged, but actually made it happen. So then she had the uh, the um, challenge of trying to find the guy. Because she just took a picture of a guy with a dog. But she went out um, throughout the city of, of San Bernardino uh, pacing... Uh, 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 pictures up and said she even got her own car sideswiped at one point in the process and got a, uh, a, a speeding ticket or a traffic ticket. But eventually she uh, uh, found the man Monday night KABC television identified Dave Thomas and put him in touch with the photographer Miss Sanchez and told him the cost of getting Buzz back was being covered. I just thought awesome. that was a nice story. Yep. So don't do the crime if your dog can't do the time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And that's it. That's all I got for you this week. Some <clears throat> some dumb parents, some d- dumb cops, and um, that dog story. That's it. That's all I got. You have any parting comments, Aaron? Be safe out there, people. Would you like to mention maybe an event upcoming? Anything like that? Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got to clear my throat for that. <clears throat> coming up on St. Patrick's Day uh, is the Georgia Publix Marathon. You've probably heard me mention it before. I am planning on r- running that marathon. Running, walking. I'm not going to run the whole thing. I'm not, not trying to pretend that I am. And uh, I'm looking for people who'd like to sponsor me. Uh, really, any donation amounts is great, but we're shooting for 50 bucks per mile. You get a cool T-shirt with your name on the back on the mile that you sponsored. Uh, and the money goes to the American Cancer Society. If you want to know how to do it, how to sponsor me, how to donate to the American Cancer Society, you can go to onemealoneworkout.com. That's my website, and uh, read all about it there. <clears throat> or if you're somebody that feels like you know me, uh, if you're out there listening and you're like, you know what, I, I listen to that Aaron guy. I hear him on periodic table. I used to hear him on Everyday Linux. I hear him on One Mill One Workout, and, and and I know that guy. I really I feel a connection, kind of a, a kindred, kindred spirit with him, and I want to give him some encouragement. You can go to 559-IAM-OP, uh, and dial that number, 559-IAM-OP, or go to elementop.com. Up in the right-hand corner, there's a little widget thingy where you can leave a voicemail, and you can leave me a voicemail of me- uh, message of encouragement. Um, and Mark is going to do do me a big favor. He's making my playlist <clears throat> for the race, and he's going to insert those words of encouragement into my playlist just randomly wherever he feels like it's most appropriate um, so that I'll be running along listening to a podcast then maybe listening to a song and then hear Jim Beeson say, come on, Aaron, don't be a slacker, something like that. And, you know, that might be what I need to get mile 18 or mile 20 or mile 22. So anyway, uh, that's it. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm shooting for. I've got I've got about nine miles left to be sponsored. I got seventeen miles sponsored, seventeen point two miles sponsored. I need about nine more sponsors out there to help me out. So, let me know if you're interested. Do it, people. It's a good cause. 
American Cancer Society. Yep. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to uh, comment, send me news stories. I, I, I like those so that I can have more to choose from. Um, you can do all that at elementop.com. Use the contact us button at the top of the page or uh, send me an email, mark at elementop.com. And I would like to hear from you about this show and about others. So that's it. I'm going to say that ends this episode of the Periodic Table.